I'm Matt Morton, and this is VCU Ram Nation, the podcast. As we gear up for the A-10 tournament in Brooklyn, I just want to take a moment to remind everyone to check out our forums. It's a really great place to talk about VCU basketball with a community of like-minded VCU fans. It's vcuramnation.com slash forums. I'm really excited about today's episode. I've got Michael Hagan and Marcus Schrock with me on the line today. We're going to start by talking about the Richmond game and George Mason and VCU being atop the A-10. And later in the episode, we'll be joined by Marcus Evans' father, Aaron Evans, to talk about his career and how he landed at VCU. We did have a few issues with audio quality, so it may sound a little rough, but this is a really great episode, so hope you enjoy it. Let's talk about that Richmond game on Saturday. Um, guys, what what were your expectations going into that game? My expectations were playing at the Robin Center Despite what the um, our records are that season, you honestly never know what you're going to get. Um, so um, I don't know. We kind of got what I expected. We're looking, of course, to, you know, blow out U of R, but somehow they always managed to bring it close right there at the final moment. So that was wasn't surprised to see that um, was pleasantly surprised to see that we uh, held out and left the Robin Center with a win. Yeah, I think I agree. I mean, those games never, never leave me comfortable going in, uh, you know, especially getting so close to the end of the season. Um, we're at that point, we're on a nine game win streak. You know, you're sort of expecting the, the other shoe to fall at some point. Uh, and thankfully, um, you know, Malik Crowfield wore, wore a new pair of shoes that night and kept us in it. I'm I'm hoping that Malik is the secret weapon in come tournament time. Well, basically for March, you know. I mean, I feel like um, I mean he's, he's kind of always had that that kind of a character. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he very much could be. I mean, that we've been saying since he first got to VCU, you know, that a dude can shoot. Um, yeah, he's just not been able to, to play his natural position for so long. You know, he he basically played as our point guard all year last year um, and did it very well. Uh, you know, he's, he's not prone to turnovers. Um, he can solidly bring the ball up the court. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, that dude is, is lethal from the three-point line. You know, he can be. Uh, it's just a matter of getting getting him to a place now where he can do that. Uh, and, you know, let's not forget that Brandon Rozell was the first guy off the bench, and that dude did plenty of damage that way. Right. And, you know, any any game at the Robin Center is always a pain in the ass because it just always seems – so competitive in there, you know. Richmond always plays their best game when VCU comes comes to the Robin Center. I think, yeah. I feel like since it was renovated, also just unusually loud in that building uh, when yeah. VCU comes to town. Yeah, and, and it was a it was a close game. VCU 
was up by 10 at the half, but man, it was like, I think Richmond took a lead about halfway through the second half and it was kind of, you know, within, you know, six, four to six points for quite a while there until the very end. VC only won by three points, you know. Yep. Yeah. I think people forget that, that Richmond should have been pretty good this year. You know, um, they lost a couple of really key pieces. Uh, 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 Nick Sherrod, um, uh, Buckingham, that kid four, right? So that's four. That's Louisville now. Yeah, that's three dudes who should have been contributing to this team. If you'd have put them out there with Gilliard and and Golden. Oh, they'd be dangerous. You know, this team, that Richmond team would have looked a whole lot different. Um, yeah. It made us. It might have saved some of their fans a lot of embarrassment too, if you ask me. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I mean, uh, you know, the fans have kind of embarrassed themselves in a way by putting out that Fire Mooney billboard on ninety-five. Yeah, that's what I. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's unfortunate that that's what it's come to. But I, I mean, how how much of it can you really put on Chris Mooney? I mean. You know, I mean, player retention is a real issue, I guess. But is it his fault? Do you think? I mean, you got you got to blame somebody, and I, I don't think you're going to see a billboard that is saying, "Hey, Jacob Gilliard, you should transfer, or whomever you should transfer." So they go for the coach. Yeah, right. It's it's right. easy pickings. Yeah, nobody's going to say um, Buckingham thinks a lot for you know whatever infraction got yeah got you terminated. Uh, the easy pick is the coach, but Mooney, you know, honestly, look, good guy. Uh, do, do Great I, guy. yeah, uh, he's, he's done more with that Richmond team in the last 10 years than, than Richmond has done uh, since the late eighties. I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I guess my take on it is that Mooney is a great coach or a great person, but has you know, I mean, they made the Sweet 16 the same year we went to the Final Four in 2011. Yeah. And since then, I mean, what relevance have they had? They 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 haven't even made the tournament since then. Uh, I mean, think about. It. I I I'd say they probably are hanging their hat on the fact that they swept us last year in a down <laughs> year. Yeah. But but you know, uh, he's kept them in the the conversation at least. Um, I mean, listen, if they want to fire Mooney and bring in somebody and have UR be a mess for the next three years, I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's enough said about that team and that game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's talk about the, the VCU-Mason game. This is a game where, you know, VCU had two games left, and all they had to do was just win one of those two games to lock uh, the regular season championship for the first time in VCU history in the Atlantic 10. Um, Something, uh, yeah, Will Wade and, and Coach Smart never did. That's right. And so, um, you know, VCU played a pretty dismal uh, first half, 28 to 21. VCU had the lead by seven, go, you know, going into the, the half. But, um, you know, it looked like it could go either way at that point, honestly, the way we were playing. But, man, we just came out. A completely different team in the second half, uh, you know, scoring 40, 43 to fifteen in the second half alone. Yeah, that uh, that first eighteen minutes was um, 
I don't know. You know, some people say it was two really tough defenses going at each other. Um, it could have been. It, but but either way, it just wasn't what any, I think anyone was expecting to see uh, out of VCU. Um, but those last two minutes, mm. I mean, they the Rams really turned it on. I mean, right when right last, when they had to. The last in the last two minutes, um, it was a tied game. Uh, Vince Williams made a free throw to tie the game. <clears throat> Marcus Evans hit a three pointer. Yeah. Um, Malik Crowfield hit a free throw. Evans made a jumper, and then Marcus Evans made another three pointer right at the end. Yeah. So Evans had uh, eight points there in the last two minutes to give VCU, a, you know, a nice little seven point cushion. Yeah, and I think that that was that was sort of all the difference, you know, going into the locker room, you come out and think, geez, you know, as bad as we played and we're still, we're up by seven right now, guys, you know, we just got to hit a couple shots and get ourselves back into the groove. But I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone expected them to come out and play as complete a game as they did for 20 minutes, just offense and defense. Yeah, I mean, I think that, one of the things that I feel like I noticed was that in the first half, <clears throat> I think offensively we looked a little distraught, maybe like a little shaken in some way. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. early in the season, there were moments where I was like, man, we just offensively can't get anything done. You know, like we just can't play our style of play. And uh felt like that that's what was happening in that first half. It just felt like no one was kind of really – kind of locked in on you know what they were trying to do and so second second half was completely different it was just an afterthought at that point yeah i i mean i you know i think i think mason came out it's their senior night otis livingston uh you know one of the best guards to ever go to the program so i think they come out it's their senior night you're we're automatically because we're vcu and because we're you know top of the standings we're going to get everybody's best shot but you add in all these other factors, and Mason came out and played a really inspired 18 minutes of defense. Uh, and then it just—I don't—I don't think there was anything that they could have done to stop whatever was said in that locker room for VCU. Uh, they just came out and, and were just clicking. <clears throat> well, uh, the Rams are at number one seed officially for the Atlantic tournament. Which takes place in Brooklyn next Friday. Uh, you know, of course we we play St. Joe's on Friday night. Can't forget about that game. That'll be fun. It'll be a late night, 9 p.m. tip. But um, just kind of, we're allowed to think ahead to the night to the game after this one uh, sure. because we're at the yeah. Team. Think, what, are you guys excited? How excited are you guys about Brooklyn? Very. Yeah. Yeah, I'm stoked. It's gonna be. It's great to be back in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. DC was nice. Um, but yeah. it, it will be it will be cool to be back uh, in the Barclays Center, which I think uh, is one of the best arenas um, for basketball um, that we've been to anyway. That's for sure. Um, uh, yeah. hospitality ain't bad. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, let me, let me tell you all about a couple of um, things that my boy Timmy Wynn sent to me. He's like Mr. VCU Social. Nice. And, Doing some uh, promotion. All right. Yeah, he's he's got uh, some some VCU events that are happening up in uh, New York that he wanted 
us to kind of help promote in a way. These are official VCU events, right? So VCU is hosting a, a kickoff social on Thursday night, March 14th. Um, <clears throat> and it's like all these guys, contemporary art for VCU, VCU Athletics, School of Business, VCU Alumni New York chapter, VCU Alumni Richmond chapter. Um, so at this yeah. Thursday night, where? Thursday night, this place called Bounce Sporting Bounce. Club. Yes. Yeah. Uh, do, do we I have an address? That sounds good, doesn't it? Can we start pushing that now? You What's will. the address? You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to Google it, dog. Oh uh, man, I don't. I think our <laughs> listeners would appreciate. Y'all gotta bounce the bounce. There will so, be. Hey guys, so you heard that? Bounce. Gonna, Google it. Bounce. Brooklyn, New York, Thursday night. <laughs> Here's the deal, though. There's gonna be a spirit squad there. You know what that means? Drinks. Like that spirits. Mean, no, that means spirits. dance team or cheer. Uh, okay. Team, All right. Like that. All cool. right. I like that. Energy. 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Oh, bounce Thursday night. Bounce right. House and Trampoline bounce Spot for Sporting Kids. Club, 55 oh, West 21st Street, New York. That's like uh, Manhattan, I believe. Bounce on it. Huh. So, okay. Uh, well, what, what's sure. next on the uh, on the uh, Timmy Wynn promotion list? Well, you know your boy Rodney Ram is going to try to get on that Today Show. So. Oh, yes. So do we have a, a time frame in which we should keep an eye out for him? That's right. Yeah. So today, Plaza, Rockefeller Center on 48th Street between 5th and 6th Avenues, right outside mm-hmm. Studio 1A. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> on Friday, between 6.30 a.m. and 8.30 a.m. Nice. You know nice. how much that costs? Nothing. Free. That's Absolutely free. free. That's free. You want to get on there. You want to shake Al Roker's hand. You want to do all that stuff. Do it. Right? The only cost is to get up at 630 and stand <laughs> out there in New York on the streets. Hopefully it won't be freezing. I cannot pay that fee. Anything else going on? VCU uh, event-wise? Right. There's one last thing I want to call out on Friday. First game day. <clears throat> so basically... Um, Alumni Relations and the VC Alumni Richmond Chapter, New York City Chapter, um, two hours before the game, they're having a thing at the 4040 Club inside the Barclays Center. All right. right? So, so we're, we're talking a 10 a.m. start time. Get there early yeah. at the Barclays. So here's the deal. 20 bucks, two hours before the game starts, gets you open bar and hors d'oeuvres. Oh. So... It's we're talking beer, liquor, whatever you want, open bar, all you can eat, all you can drink. So there you go for all the uh, raging alcoholics. Open bar, 10 (laughs) a.m. Barclays Center, 4040 Club. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a legit thing, man. It's gonna be fun. Absolutely, sounds like a good time. I mean, we'll have to see if we can somehow um, find our way in there. You know, uh, here's the deal, man. If you like to have a drink before the game, you need to do some math to figure out what's more cost-effective to you, whether to go to King's Beer Hall, KBH, as we've always done, and have a couple of pregame drinks, or go to 4040 Club, Jay-Z's Club, in the Barclays for $20 and get your drinks and you know, food. Well, I, I- I think if you're a real Ram fan and you've done this Brooklyn trip before, or even if this is your first time, maybe the best way is 4040 Club, 
20 bucks, 10 a.m., get your drinks, watch the game, you know, stay on your feet, somehow find your way to KBH by the end of the day, and we'll all be there. God, I I just don't even know how to drink at 10 a.m. anymore. Slowly, very slowly. <laughs> I mean, I... It's been a long time, man. I don't know if that, I don't know if I'm going to do that. If if you're afraid that you can't start drinking before 10 a.m., maybe you shouldn't stop the night before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah worth considering. So I'm, sure, I'm maybe sure you can you find need to some, like one of these fine events. You, I'm sure you can find some Bana fans. They also do mention that um, the pregame headquarters is the KBH, which nice. we all know is at 84 nice. St. Mark's Place. In Brooklyn. Yep. Yep. So we'll be we'll be at KBH, right? Are we doing anything uh, like uh, after the game on uh, Friday? Yeah, we're going right to the KBH, KBH. and we're gonna celebrate. All right. As, as long as everyone listening knows that. That's the plan, man. All right. That's Good. the plan. Good. <clears throat> All right. Well, guys, let's take a quick break, and then we're gonna come back, and uh, we've got a special guest. Uh, Marcus Evans, father, Aaron Evans. All right, welcome back to Ram Nation, the podcast. Um, joining us today is Aaron Evans. He's the father of Marcus Evans, uh, VCU's starting point guard. It's been a wild year for the Evans family, particularly with Marcus's injury, and now him being a major part of VCU's regular season title. Uh, Mr. Evans, how pumped are you, and what's going on in your head right now after VCU just uh, sealed the regular season title? Well, we're really excited uh, for what's going on with the team. Um, we know that this is something our son really wanted since he was in high school. He's been a VCU fan for a long time and had a great relationship with Coach Rhodes while he was in high school uh, in the Chesapeake area and uh, got the opportunity to play for Coach Rhodes uh, at Rice. And um, when he had the opportunity to come back, he was extremely excited. Uh, I have to admit, he was being recruited by a bunch of Power Five schools, and um, VCU was just the place he wanted to be. And he really felt like um, that if he came to VCU, that he could help um, VCU get back to uh, getting to the tournament, doing the things that VCU had built such a reputation over. So very excited for him. And was Mike Rose involved with him while he was at VCU or when he was at Rice? Or how did that relationship start? So it really started when Marcus was in high school. He uh, initially played at the same school as Briante Weber at uh, Great Bridge High School. He played there for several years, and uh, he a, was a 1,000-point scorer after his third year and took them to what was then called the Eastern Region Tournament, and they were the Eastern Region champs getting, getting into the state tournament. And that was the first time it had happened at that school for, I think it was 50 years at the time. And so during that period, Coach Rhodes would, you know, come down and see him play and uh, kept in communication with him. So in Marcus's senior year, as he was graduating, Coach Rhodes got the head coaching job at Rice University. And um, 
he contacted us and said, I just got the job and Marcus is the first person that we want. So we like to recruit him and get him down to Rice. And so the rest was history. He went down to Rice. He went down there, loved it um, with uh, Coach Byers and Coach Rhodes and uh, loved it there and went down and spent two years there. Coach Rhodes got the job here at um, VCU and uh, Marcus decided to transfer and, and come to VCU with Coach Rhodes. Did, were you able to make it to any games down at Rice or any road games for that matter? Yeah, we did. So they were in Conference USA, the same conference with ODU. So obviously we'd make the ODU game when they played ODU. We'd go to the Charlotte game. Uh, we actually also would go to the um, um, games in West Virginia, and we would take several trips down to Texas, to Houston, to play. So we planned so that they would have like three games in a row, and we'd go down for about a week and catch three games and then do that probably two or three times a year. So was it a foregone conclusion that um, Marcus would uh, transfer back to VCU once Coach Rhodes got the job? Well, when Coach Rhodes left, uh, we had a conversation. We always you know, do these things as a family. Uh, that's something that, that Marcus has always been, um, you know, really, uh, was really important to him is that uh, we'd all talk about it. It was ultimately his decision, but, but he wanted our advice and, and input. So when we, we found out that Coach Rhodes was leaving, you know, I, I talked to him and I said, well, son, what do you want to do? Do you want to stay there? Because he had obviously he had uh, achieved a lot of uh, great things when he was there at, at, at Rice. But he said, Coach, there's going uh, to be a new coach coming in. And if there's going to be a new coach, then I probably should go and take the opportunity to look and see if there's a better, you know, a better place for me. And, um, and so he did. He, he asked for a transfer, received it, and then um, – put that information out and we begin to get calls from uh, just about every school you could imagine. I mean, I, my phone was ringing off the hook because he wanted them to call me first uh, and then help me try to screen it and help them get it down to about five teams. And that's what we did. So uh, of course you want, you know, your son to make his own decision, uh, but secretly, uh, you know, uh, how happy were y'all when he decided to transfer back to, uh, or to transfer to VCU? So we were thrilled. Obviously, our daughter, who went to VCU, was excited. She always wanted him to go to VCU. Um, my wife, of course, um, her, her, that's our youngest, and her baby being close to home, and she could get to him and see him and go to all the home games for sure and many of the away games. She was very, very thrilled. And, um, and for me, you know, I, I mean, I've always loved VCU, uh, and, and I wish that uh, he had had the opportunity to go there originally, but everything worked out the right way in my mind. Uh, mm -hmm. So I was happy for him as well because I knew how, what he thought of VCU, and, and uh, that was his choice. And, and I think it was always his first choice, uh, even though he went through the process of talking to other teams and he had a, the final five that he was looking at. But I, I could tell that when we came up to visit, um, he just felt home. Um, he had been there. He played in that gym um, and came to all the, the Shaka Smart uh, camps and all of that, the elite camps that they held. He, he he went to all of those. And and so he just felt like he was at home. And he said, Dad, you know, this is it for me. So, so I was happy for him. As a father, how good does it feel having him, you know, just a couple hours down the road? 
Yeah, it's great. Um, I, I um, we I have an office there in Richmond, and um, I I'm there, you know, often, and so it gives me the opportunity to stop by and see him, and maybe grab a lunch or something like that, or have a dinner with him. So uh, it's really great to be able to catch him, you know, when uh, his schedule permits. <laughs> his schedule is pretty busy, but when his schedule allows, we I try to get with him and, and catch up with him. So it's great to have him that close. And, and then obviously he can come home as well whenever they have some time off. It's easy for him to get home as opposed to getting on a plane and scheduling that and, and all that goes along with trying to fly and, and get there and back. So uh, it's great. Mr. Evans, sweet. Uh you know the the injury to to Marcus that he's he's suffered over the last you know year or so is is well documented and you know as VCU fans have have come to know the the kid's just a straight baller, <laughs> uh, but what was that what was that like for him you know sitting out a year you know it's got to be difficult but but was he able to sort of you know see the game through a new set of eyes and and sort of pull out new things that he, he might not have been aware of if he didn't have that time? Well, that's, it's interesting. It was a blessing and a curse. Uh, he had never um, not played basketball <laughs> for that length of time. Uh, from the time he was really young in elementary school playing rec ball, um, he had never gone a season uh, without playing basketball. So just to sit out, period, was very, very hard for him. He loves basketball. He loves playing basketball. He loves the whole team aspect of it. Just all that comes along with basketball. He loves it so dearly. And uh, just sitting out, that made the decision to transfer at all tougher for him because he knew he'd have to sit out a year no matter where he went. That made it tough. But then the injuries uh, really kind of compounded that. Uh, uh, you know, we, we got through the first injury because we said to him, you know, look, um, you had to sit out a year anyway because you have this Achilles issue. No problem. You're going to sit out anyway. This is not going to really set you back. You'll be fine. You, you have a whole year to get yourself ready and, and get ready to play. Uh, the second one was a lot more difficult than the first. Um, just because he was just getting back ready and excited about playing, the time was coming where he, in the summer, could start doing all the strength and conditioning and the workouts and everything he needed to do to prepare himself for it. And when he got the second one, it was a lot harder for him. And we really felt for him and tried to do everything we could to keep him encouraged because of course he felt like, why me, you know, and uh, to have that second one. And I'm sure he had some doubts about being able to come back and all that sort of stuff. Um, but we tried to keep him encouraged as teams, as coaches, everyone, I think really did a good job of encouraging him. And um, one thing about that kid is he heals fast. I mean, I, I don't know how he got what he has in his body, uh, but he really heals faster than anyone I've ever seen in my life. Uh, from the first injury and the second, uh, he was able to do things that normally someone wouldn't be able to do in that short period of time. So um, the blessing was that he did get a chance to see uh, it differently and to spend time with the team and build a relationship with the team before he actually played with them. So he built, built some strong relationships with all the players uh, as well. Last summer when you did get that second Achilles tear, how did you find out about it? And was it not as severe as the first one, or was it the same kind of you know experience? Well, the second one was a lot harder when we heard about it because, like I said, 
Uh, he was there during the summer and just getting ready to, they were starting their strength and conditioning. And his mind was all set that now his season really starts. He now gets to start with this team, go through all of it with the team. And he knew what it was going to be like because he went through it two years at Rice with Coach Rhodes and the team and Don and all those guys. So he knew what it was going to be like, but he, he really knew it helped to build a bond. And so it was a lot tougher because now there was a potential that he would not play until January. And uh, that was going to be tough for him uh, not to play until January and, and really not then be able to contribute and help the team in any way. So after the uh, second um, injury, how surprised were you that he came back as quick as he did? Cause like you said, he wasn't uh, supposed to come back until like uh, January, but I believe he was back in December. So uh, how surprised were you at his quick bounce back? Oh, well, very surprised. He actually came back in November. So oh. um, he, he, I don't think he played in the uh, black and gold game, but I, I believe he played in the, if he played in the ex- exhibition game or not after that, I can't remember, but for sure the first um, actual game, he then got some minutes there and yeah, he had a couple shot. minutes. Yeah. Was there any uh, caution as to maybe coming back too soon or you, you believed his confidence when he said that he was uh, ready to go? Well, yeah, I was, I was worried. Um, uh, but doctor, the, the doctors, you know, uh, gave him the uh, clearance, and uh, the trainer uh, did a really good job uh, getting him prepared and put the minute restrictions on him, uh, and were doing the things to make sure that he was able to do it gradually uh, and not do it too quickly. Um, so I was concerned because I was thinking, you know, <laughs> January uh, he would be uh, closer to 100%. Um, but starting early, you know, there's a potential that you never really get to 100 percent. You you can get, you know, you can have success, but not totally be at 100 percent. He's still not at 100 percent as we speak today. I would I would put him at about 80 percent. Yeah, I think he he actually just tweeted about that the other day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so looking at, go ahead, Mark. you know, last season where he, he did have to sit out and he, he got to establish some relationships and sort of build build the relationship with the team um, and the, the record of last year's team coming into this year, you know, did he have goals that he wanted himself and, and the, the team to accomplish? You know, I, I think, you know, knowing what we know now, uh, team goals seem to surely have at least be going the right direction, but did he have personal goals that, that he wanted for himself and the team? So I think personally, he really just wanted to get himself back to playing condition, to get himself to a point where he could be effective and he could really help the team um, in accomplishing more than it did the year before. So he wanted to help the team. I think one of his big ones was helping the team, you know, really do better. And and, and the Atlantic 10 win an Atlantic 10 uh, championship and get back to the NCAA tournament. Uh, so that was something that he uh, was big for him this year was to get himself to a position where he could help the team do that. Well, I think he's uh, on the right path. And um, 
you got to be pretty uh, proud as a dad to see, uh, you know, your son uh, return and not only, you know, have that goal, but you know what? I mean, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn when I'm saying that uh, he stands a chance for a 10 player of the year um, as well as coach Rhodes for a 10 coach of the year. So, you know, team's doing well and it sounds like Marks is focused and maybe even exceeding some of his uh, initial expectations. Yeah. So he's, he, I didn't expect for, for him to be able to accomplish all he did, uh, but I should know, um, I've, I've watched this kid, of course, all his life, and <laughs> one of the things he's consistently done is exceeded my expectations, I think his coach's expectations, um, all through his career. You know, Like I said, back in high school, winning an Eastern Conference Championship, Great Bridge had not done that in 50 years, and the team they had was a good team. But there were better teams out there, but, but that team, the coaching staff and the players had that commitment that they wanted to really accomplish something big. And mm. he did it at Rice and this year at, at VCU, um, once again, to my surprise, mm. he, uh, he was able to play at a level that I was, didn't think he would get to. And really what's amazing to me is I know what he's capable of doing. I've seen him at full strength and all of that. When I watch him, I could see things that he can't do right now, uh, but he, he he will be able to do. And there's still a level, a gear that he hasn't turned on that he'll be able to turn on. And, um, and it will be something interesting to see. It kind of almost to me sounds like um, <clears throat> how Isaac Van played last year versus how he plays this year. He plays with a totally different level of agility and stamina. Um <clears throat> But what is it that you love about Coach Rhodes and what the staff is doing at VCU right now? Well, so, you know, I watch a lot of basketball because I, I love basketball. And I see a lot of coaches and, and of course, not name names or anything like that. But, but one thing that was really big to me from day one with Coach Rhodes was that he is a player's coach. He really is concerned about the well-being of the player, the full development of the player on and off the court, that that's bigger to him than the X's and O's and the winning and losing part. I know fans and, and, uh, and the school and everyone else, the, the, you know, the wins and losses are the big thing, but it's not for him. The big thing is, really impacting the lives of these players. And he really believes that by doing it that way, which he calls the right way, that the rest will follow. And I've seen it happen at Rice, and I see it happening here at VCU that he's right, it does. So the staff he has around him, you know, I've known several of them back at Rice, and, you know, JD has been so instrumental in Marcus's shot and, and helping him improve his shooting, especially his outside shooting. Uh, and, and ball handling and all of that. And they really pour a lot into the kids. So, um, so I was very comfortable when he was looking to come here because I knew how the staff was. Yeah. And I feel like um, both Marcus and coach Rhodes have a unique relationship because, you know, they're both point guards. So they have that point of view. They have that perspective. I also feel like um, when Joey Rodriguez was in town last year, you know, Marcus and Joey always sat next to each other on the bench every yep. game. I feel like they were very tightly integrated, the two of them. Yep. Is that something you have noticed as well? 
Yes, and remember, Joy was at Rice as well, so they developed that relationship uh, starting at Rice. And 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 I, honestly, he knew Joy even before that because um, he watched Joy when they went to the Final Four. He uh, when Joy was an assistant at Benedictine. Uh, he was playing Benedictine a lot, knew Joy then. So he's had a relationship with Joy for a while and really saw Joy as an, as an outstanding point guard and, and saw things in Joy that he felt like he could learn from. So, so he would, uh, you know, he would listen and, and uh, sit by Joy and, and all of that because he's, he just knew what Joy was capable of doing, what he has done, and that there were some things that, that Joy just could do that he wanted to mimic. Were you at that uh, Mason game last night? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> How good did it feel being there for that moment when they clinched first in the A-10? It was awesome. Uh, you know, you really felt for them and the coaches that all the work they had done starting back in the summer, uh, that everything the coaching staff told them, the goals that they set, uh, that if they really worked at it, they would see it materialize, and they did. And you could see it on their faces uh, that they knew that all that they had done had got them to this point, and they were really proud of themselves and excited about it. So we were happy for them as well. Mr. Evans, he's mentioned that you watch a lot of basketball. Um, this team is is going above and beyond. You know, this this defense is is even a defense that that VCU fans have not seen for. A very long time. Uh, you know, it's unique into itself. It's not necessarily havoc. It wasn't. It's not what Will Wade had. Um, what What's it like watching this team as a fan and a father? You know, it, it's an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting season uh, with your son exploding like he is. Well, I love the defense. So, um, and I love defensive teams. You know, and and I remember back in the havoc days that. They just pressed you 100% of the time, you know, and you have to have a deep bench. And they had quickness. They had length. You know, Briante Weber, his arms were a mile long, and he was very quick. So, you know, they were able to do a lot of things um, uh, against teams uh, and put that level of pressure on them. And they did it more in the full court. Uh, this team does it in the full court, but does a lot more of theirs in the half court defense. So they really pride themselves when you get across half court, if you get across half court, um, they really are going to make it tough for you by starting by pressuring the the, the point guard, uh, the whoever's trying to run the play. They put a lot of pressure on them to disrupt what they're trying to do. And you can see that. I mean, if you watch them, you see that they're disrupting that team all the time and exactly what they're trying to do. They're taking it away from them. So it's it's great to see. Who do you think is the best defender on this team? Oh man, that's that's there. I couldn't even give you an answer to that <laughs> because it's a team defense, and yeah. it starts with you know with Marcus guarding the point guard, but IV is always guarding the best player. He's either the best shooter or the best something, and he's yeah. taking that away from them. And then Marcus Santos Silva, he's doing what he does, and Corey comes in, and then he blocks everything that comes near yeah. the basket. You know, yeah. <laughs> and you have Sean who's doing his thing. I mean, so there's just, and Deriante's defense is really, to me, amazing. You, you could see the, the the growth in his defense as well. Oh, and all, they all can guard different positions, which is really amazing to see them be able to do that. 
Right. It's amazing to see how much of a progression Dariante has made from last year to this year in defense alone. You know, he's just he's a killer, you know? Oh, just like and the you rest couple of them. that if you couple that with his ability to get to the basket as well, because last year he was known as a, a basically a three-point shooter. So yeah. defenses, when they scouted, they were just trying to take the, the three-point shot away from him. Yeah, You can't do that this year to him. If you try to take away the three-point shot, his ball handling and, and, and uh, driving skills are just off the chart, and he's able to get to the basket at will. And so it, how do you guard a guy like that that can – can kill you from the three point, but also can take you off the off the dribble. I mean, it, it makes it yeah. tough. You know, I think I think a thing about this team that we, we all w- would agree on is Coach Rhodes and his staff have done a phenomenal job, and they've got these guys in the in the b- best position possible to win. Um, but that said, how much fun are these guys just having playing together? Well, you know, you can't fake chemistry. That's something you cannot fake. And you could see that this team, every man, you know, I see Marcus and PJ laughing and joking with each other and teasing each other. And, you know, you just go down the line. Every person on the team really gets along. They they just hug each other, laugh. They, um, they as they say, dap each other up uh, the whole nine yards. And, and you could see that there's real good chemistry between this team. And Coach Rhodes even talks about how a lot of times he didn't have to say anything, that they're already um, talking with each other, challenging each other uh, about what they should be doing. So, And they feel comfortable to be able to do that without you know, attitudes or, or people shutting down or any of that sort of thing. So I think that alone will carry this team pretty far because they are playing for each other. Mr. Evans, how many uh, VCU games have you been to so far this season? Oh, well, it's probably easier to tell you the ones I haven't been to. <laughs> so, I, did you I make go, Did you make it down to Texas or no? I no, I, I started to, but I had a conflict. It was the only reason I didn't go to Texas because <laughs> okay. I love going there. I wanted to go there so bad, but I yeah. did go to the Rhode Island game. Mm. I did not go to the um, uh, Duquesne game, and I didn't go to it was one other game I didn't go to. Okay. And I think yeah. I went all the rest. Yeah. Um, and are you excited about the tournament being in, in Brooklyn this year? Or? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I, you know, I've, I've never gone to the A-10 tournament when it was in Brooklyn. I went last year when it was in D.C. Okay. And so I've heard all the stories and read all the stories about how VCU went and completely own the town, and it didn't matter the outcome of the tournament, whether they won the whole thing or not. When VCU comes into town, it paints the cover, the town black and gold. So yeah, I can't <laughs> I can't see it being any other way this year, especially with VCU being a number one seed in the tournament. So we're excited. We I actually made our this is how I believed in the team. I made our reservations uh, for the tournament uh, back in. Uh, August. <laughs> wow. Nice. 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 Yeah, we just we yeah, we just booked our Airbnb like in January. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did mine back in August because uh and I made the dates. Here's the ironic part. I, I made the dates purposely that we come in Thursday night. Yeah. 
So yeah. if it changed, I would have to change my, my reservation. <laughs> <laughs> if we didn't get first place, I would be in trouble. I'd be looking for a one yep. night somewhere. So. Yeah. Well, um, I got to tell you, we, we thank you for joining us tonight for the podcast. Um, Marcus is a really lucky guy to have you as a father. You know, I follow you on Twitter. I love your positivity. I love <clears throat> your passion for basketball, for VCU. Um, you just seem like a really great guy. <clears throat> so thanks for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, and I would just like to say that um, I consider myself the lucky one. I've probably learned more from him than he's probably learned from me. Uh, he's a great kid, um, and and really, I'm just blessed to be his father, and I just thank God that he's given me the opportunity to do so. So, uh, And, guys, thank you for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Enjoy talking to you. Always love to talk basketball. Anybody that knows me know I have an opinion. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks we enjoyed for joining it. us. We'll, we'll talk to you in Brooklyn. Thank you, guys.